Hopewell Farm CBD hemp products are naturally sourced from Tennessee. Their 100% pure hemp products are made from the finest non-GMO hemp. Each product is designed to provide natural healing, help you regain strength, and promote holistic health. Save 10% today with promo code JOURNEYTOTRUTH10. Click the link below in the description for a discount or go to hopewellfarmtn.com. Hey guys, welcome back to the show. Just a few things before we get started. If you didn't know, Aaron and I will be in Aztec, New Mexico at the end of August for the Sunfire Festival. It's our first festival we're actually participating in. We'll be there with our Experiencers Lounge setup. If you don't know what that is, we interview the attendees, anybody who wants to share their story, and we make a compilation video and we upload it to our channel post-conference. It's really cool. We've done it at a few other events. It's a lot of fun. The lounge is just a fun place to come hang out, spend time with us, and just have fun. And we're going to be there all weekend. Aztec, New Mexico, I think it's August 25th, I believe, the 25th through the 28th. And you can find all those details at sunfirefest.com. There's a lot of familiar faces going to be there. So come hang out with us. We'd love to see you there. And don't forget our Patreon is up and running now we are getting ready to do a clone webinar um, we've been doing a lot of research and digging on clones deep fake technology body doubles masks holograms uh the hollywood immortals that type of stuff we're going to bring some evidence and show you guys that this stuff isn't just a conspiracy theory so look forward to that and there's some other great stuff we've been uploading on the patreon it's only five dollars a month please support us if you feel compelled and that link is below in the description Tonight, we are joined by Dr. Courtney Brown, the director of the Forest Sight Institute and author of a few great books. One of them, Cosmic Explorers, that Aaron gifted to me uh, about a year or two ago. I read it. Um, I really didn't know much about you at the time when I read the book, Courtney, and I thought it was I thought it was great. I used to be a part of this show called Conspiracy Theory Trivia, and I used a lot of the stuff from that book to write some uh, trivia questions. It was pretty fun, but it's a great book, and I love what you're doing. And right now is an important time. You know, you you just did a video about your ET background, which I found really interesting. And I have some questions there, but you made a comment. You said, we can't hold back now. Like, if we want everybody else to disclose and talk about this stuff, like, we need to start sharing our stories, too. That's why you're compelled to come forward with that information. And you kind of shared the story about how Farsight got started and all that stuff. So I, I recommend anybody go back and watch that video on his channel, on the Farsight Institute channel. But welcome to the show, Courtney. Hey, so much. Thank you so much. Tyler and Aaron, I'm great to be here. I'm actually great. I'm actually very glad to be on your particular podcast. It's a good thing. Well, it is a good thing. <laughs> um, I would love to get That's your great to have you. Thank it's, you. It's very great to have you. Thank you. And I would love to get your take on what you're seeing as far as this, the disclosure movement goes. You know, UFOs are in the news this week. Like I was at the gym this morning and they were on the TV, on the news. I mean, there's whistleblowers. They're talking about this stuff. Obviously, to me, that's telling me that maybe they have something planned or something's coming and they're trying to prime everybody and get everybody ready for that. But um, you've been remote viewing this stuff for years now. 
what is your take on what's happening right now as far as that goes? Yeah, I'll, I'll give you my my take on what I think is going on. And you 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 sort of evaluate it however you think. But um, what I think is going on is the disclosure process is clearly picking up. We have a theory here at Farsight. I'm the CEO of Farsight, F-A-R-S-I-G-H-T. And we have a theory that what we are doing is driving the agenda. And we have reason to believe that. So I'll, I'll sort of go through that. But what is going on now is a scramble on the government side to keep ahead of the news. Because the, the basic background for Farsight was always from the very beginning to modernize and make scientific the remote viewing process so that people can actually use it. And we do scientific experiments at Farsight as well as uh, exploration stuff. Then the second thing that we ended up doing with that once we did it was to have a, a, a great number of what we call mysteries targets, which are mysteries projects, which is essentially rewriting the history of humanity using remote viewing. However, and we have over 50 of those. However, the problem was with that is you had to buy into remote viewing in order to buy into the extraterrestrial content of many of those projects, not all, but many of those projects. So the last part of this we knew we were going to do at the very end and that was to cross the bridge of making uh, establishing proof that the extraterrestrials exist because what we have discovered and evaluated with our remote viewing projects is that the that the extraterrestrials are they're not friendly in the earth environment there are a huge number of very friendly ones in the solar system, vastly outnumbering the ones on the Earth. But the, this planet is essentially being run as a prison planet by, by what we would call the bad guys. And there's reasons for that. And there have been agreements that have been written, signed by the United States government, the Israeli government, and others. And that's not in dispute. That was that was uh, Haim Ashed, former head of the Israeli Space Directorate has gone on record stating that, that the agreements were made, written, signed, and so on like that. And I'm not criticizing those agreements, but they were made with what we would call the bad guys. So if you do a, a Google on Chaim Ashed, he's a professor now, but he was a former general in Israel, and he was head of the Israeli uh, space directorate. So you really can't get higher than that. Mm -hmm. And so that there, that what's, what's actually going on now is that our projects with remote viewing have to have a final punch. And the punch has to be, now remember, I don't do this at my university, study extraterrestrial life or remote viewing, but I am a professor and I teach math and science courses in a social science program. So when I use the word proof, I do not use it lightly. I use it as a as similar like a mathematician would use the word proof. You, you just can't throw the word around. So what I'm saying is the last step is to prove that the extraterrestrials are real, that they're there, that they're um, that they're omnipresent, they're everywhere, and that they're not friendly. <laughs> Those three things. And so, what we have done, we couldn't do this until, well, until the camera equipment became available. Now, 
don't go into the thing about the military must have had cameras long ago that could do this. Of course, but we didn't have those cameras. The cameras that allowed us to do this came out in last year, 2022. The cameras that we use are Panasonic Lumix GH6, and they officially were released in February 22. We couldn't really get them till further on into the year. It took us till December of 2022 for us to get our hands on the cameras, and we started shooting video in um, January. So the last step is not for us to show you the videos that say this proves it. Uh -uh. The debunkers are going to come out of the woodwork like, like cockroaches. Absolutely, no matter what you show them, they're going to say, it's a glitch. Ah, it's a smudge. Ah, it's swamp gas. It's this, it's that. But they're going to dismiss it and they'll add right. fear and ridicule with that. Okay? So it, we can't like generate perfect photo for you that will convince the world. So what we are doing to circumvent the debunkers is we are showing people how to take the videos themselves. What has been what has become very clear now is that the ET spacecraft are above our heads at all times. Any particular moment that you're there is probably 10 or 20 ships right above your head. We normally shoot for 10 minutes using the Panasonic Lumix GH6. We get them converted to full spectrum, which means they can see into the ultraviolet as well as the infrared. We're focusing on the infrared. We get them converted to full spectrum, and then we use filters that allow us to hone in just on the infrared. And we use the 590 nanometers and sometimes the 730 nanometers. We take our cameras, normally two or three at a time, separate it out, point them straight up, and shoot for 10 minutes. Within that 10 minutes, we typically get 50 UFOs. Any 10 minutes. I'm not saying, you don't, I'm like any 10 minutes. So Aaron, wherever you are, if I was there, I could take the cameras. You could, if you had the cameras, you could use your cameras. Uh, uh, Tyler, the same thing, video record, take the footage, put it onto the computer. We normally use uh, Adobe Premiere but you can also use his other there's other editor programs as well, including DaVinci and uh, uh, there's even some free editors that can be used. But what we have to do is we have to shoot in infrared and we have to shoot in 120 frames a second. Now, the reason it took that long is because we have to also shoot in 4K. 4K is really high resolution. And we need that because when we shoot the video, we have to be able to zoom in. You can't sh you can't zoom in with the camera lens because the things fly like we're recording speeds typically of over 20,000 miles an hour. So they go from one horizon to the next and all types of crazy antics like in one blink of a second, I mean, like way shorter than a quarter of a second. I mean, it's like zoom. So you have to shoot at 120 frames a second. And when you shoot at 120 frames a second, you can then slow it down. Now to get 120 frames a second, that's 120 still pictures every second in infrared. To record that in 4K <laughs> onto a memory card that's in the camera, we had to wait till those cameras were available for us. And the Panasonic Lumix GH6s make those available. Sony also has a camera that's a full frame that can do it. It's an amazing camera, but it's bigger, heavier, and bulkier, and so on. So we get the same clarity out of the GH6s. 
but and we also have to take our cameras to odd places. I'm taking, I'm I'm shooting in Africa and and you know in, in a month or so, and then I have to I got I have to go to the beach. I have to shoot in various locations in the mountains, all kinds of places. So I have to be able to carry these things. So what we have is we have the ability to shoot any time of the day in broad daylight. In fact, broad daylight is the best. And even if there's clouds, because you get them swooping down right over your house. I've had a mothership over my house. We got it on video. We have videos of them swooping down. We have them doing everything. And they're all cloaked. You can't see them except you lose infrared. They're trying not to show themselves. And they're show going around at 120 miles an hour. I mean, I mean I'm sorry, 20,000 miles an hour. That's like 32,000 kilometers an hour. So they obviously don't want you to know that they're there. And anyone who's trying to hide yeah. something from you is doing something they don't want you to know about. So that's the two things. I can prove to you that they exist, not because I will show you my pictures that are the best. I will prove to you because I'll show you how to take your pictures. I'll tell you every single step along the way. And you take the pictures. The debunkers can dismiss my pictures. But how are they going to dismiss your pictures to you? You know you took them. You edited them on your own software. So I'm going to show you where those are. And you're going to be able to put those on your podcast live right now or, or when you want. But that's the key. What we have done is we have a ton of remote viewing evidence, but people have to say, but why should we believe it? We don't even think there's remote viewing. Then I'll say, okay, well, let's prove to you that the ETs exist, that the ships are there, that they're cloaked, they're hiding from you, that they're up to no good. Let's prove that. And then we can go back to the remote viewing. Once you accept that the remote, that the ETs are real, then you say, well, what do we know about the ETs? One of the things that's clear about them is their normal means of communication is telepathy. They don't use English and they have multiple species. They have to tell multiple species where to do with their ships and what to do. They don't use English. And that's the normal means of communication in the galaxy. And the real question you want to ask, why don't we humans do it? So that's another question. But anyway, so let me pause for a second. But the things I'd like to come to, I'd like to sort of go over what we've done with the remote viewing so you can see why that was necessary to do first. And now I want to, I want you to, I won't share my screen. I'll tell you how to do it with your screen and you can share it in your podcast. I'll show you what some of the videos are that we're taking right over my house or, or over air bases or whatever. And then, um, we can we can go from there but that's that's the basic thing to develop a library of remote viewing pro, of remote viewing projects that describe our history because you can't get the real history in the entire no matter what you can't get it out of the library the lying the deceit the place is being run as a prison there is no true information out there but what actually our history is so we had to recreate that that's why we had to take 50 projects and it took us forever to do that but we've done it and we've done it with the most highly trained remote viewers that exist on the planet today under the best cinematic conditions so people can watch it in an entertaining and it's jaw-dropping and we explain what has actually happened and where we're actually where we are now and then we show you don't believe us okay take out your camera i'll show you to them i'll show you them anyway go ahead no no that's great and it's amazing i think it's, it's fantastic that you're doing that yeah um you know a lot of our audience um they don't need photos they don't need to know they don't need to be like you know once you get so far in your journey in the healing journey 
you're seeing with your heart anyway, you're feeling this stuff, you know, it exists, but there's a lot of people who are still using their eyes and they need that evidence. And, you know, they're stuck in that, they're stuck in that mindset. So yeah, it's going to help a lot of the debunkers out there. Cause right now we're at that precipice where it's going to be a lot of backlash. Like you said, the ridicules coming all the above. So I think that's fantastic. And I've heard many people say if they could just decloak the ships, the sky would look like a Star Wars movie, just air traffic yeah. all over the place. That's exactly, but we can do it now. Right. We can show it to you now. By the way, the thing I mentioned in the beginning to your questions was you asked, um, uh, I, I said, you know, what is the the sort of the the agenda that this we're, we're sort of following here? The the stuff that you see the government going through is very interesting. We started taking videos of the remote of the of the UFOs in January. We started publishing them in March, and then we started to gear up. We're starting to we have a, we're going to be presenting them at some universities where we're showing people how to do that. There's various presentations that are going. I'm doing interviews. It's now the beginning of June, late May is when it started. The government then suddenly out of the blue came out with came out with a couple of weeks ago saying, or actually it was a week, like 10 days ago, that we are seeing, they had, they had a press conference. It just sort of sprung up out of nowhere. We are actually seeing these orbs, these metallic orbs all over the place doing you know crazy maneuvers and stuff mm -hmm. like that. And then they have this whistleblower that came out just like yesterday, uh, talking about you know the crash ships and so on like that. And that was the third story on CNN. That was the the ranking was the third highest story on CNN. And it was similarly, um, I think, the second highest story on MS on, on M MSNBC and MSN. And so it's really, it's like it's like cranking up. But the whole issue is that stuff was not talked about at all when people were showing real footage of UFOs, it wasn't until we said, okay, the cockroach debunkers, the coming out of the woodwork, okay, let us show you how to do it. So it's when we were driving the agenda, let us show you how to do it. The debunkers can't debunk that. Suddenly out of the blue, NASA starts having one you know, press conference after the next, the, the, you get more stuff coming out of the, uh, the FAA made a statement about it, that it's very good, that we'll be able to talk more about it. You get whistleblowers coming out of Congress suddenly being open about it. So it's, you can sort of say it's coincidental, but do you really think it's coincidental that when we get to the point where we're showing people how to prove that the ETs are real, they don't have to wait for the government to do anything that right. the government suddenly suddenly starts scrambling to uh, acknowledge that these things exist after decades and decades of denial. I, I, well, it's, I, it's sorry. It's important to remember also that. So the Farsight Institute was, uh, I mean, the military, the governments are well aware of what you guys are doing uh, when, you know, uh, in the early days, I think you guys had a lot of, um, I don't know, attacks, backlash um, from the military. You guys have you've developed your own method. You, I think your remote viewing techniques are different than what the military, at least what they used to do. I don't know about nowadays. Uh, so there's they have an eye on you. They're watching you. Uh, they know exactly what's going on. You know, they know they're probably watching this right now. There's no doubt in my mind that, yeah, that is, you might be pushing, you might be pushing that forward, pushing that, pushing well, them to come out with that. 
look at it this way. In the beginning, back in the late 1990s, we came out with our stuff. With started with my book, came out Cosmic Voyage, and the Farsight Institute started up. And I was a professor in a prestigious university. That sort of was not something they were expecting. They expected the remote viewing people that came out of the military to stay in the New Age bookstore community and sort of just occupy that community, sort of as fly traps so that it wouldn't ever get out. So the interested people in remote viewing would stay in the sort of kooky, nutty, flight trap type of place and they wouldn't get out. But then when I came out, it was a, it was sort of a, it was worrisome to them. So we went into a, a beginning stage where we were really heavily attacked. We were set up in some things, uh, tricked, duped, that the thing, and we fell into it. And there was a huge you know, sort of storm of stuff and we had to sort of hunker down and get out of it because we were we, we didn't have the resources to do that. And we were um, we knew that we just had to just focus on the science. So we sort of laid low for some years. But after that, the military was definitely following us uh, really closely because they were the ones who set up the whole all the attacks that were going on against us. So that was happening. I'm not saying the military, the well, we'll just call it the agencies. They were governmental agencies and they can come out of military intelligence or elsewhere, but let's just call them agencies. But they were fascinated by what we were doing and they were fascinated by what, what was happening to us. And we, we know that because uh, we had one person in the agency who defected and actually came to us and gave us absolute proof of who he was. I mean, absolute total proof of who he was. And he described everything that they did. And, and it was, but we sort of knew it anyway, but it was nice to have that confirmation. But anyway, so um, the, the process then switched, however. The military split. Half of the military, and I'm, not, I'm using the word half loosely. I don't know the exact division, but half of the military is in favor of continuing the secrecy agenda. And the other half is in favor of disclosure. We're being protected now by the other half, the ones that want disclosure. We wouldn't exist. I wouldn't be on your podcast right now if they were not there. So do not think that the military is monolithic. It's just like everybody else. It's just like the government. It's just like everything else. There are people that are for one side and for the other side. And they are fighting wars behind the scenes. But I absolutely guarantee you that we would not exist as an institute. I wouldn't exist. Uh, the whole Farsight self, I wouldn't be on your podcast. None of this would happen if they were monolithic and all of the same voice. But we're protected by that one side. And this also goes a little bit to the question that I believe it was Aaron who mentioned it about my own background with regard to that. One of the reasons the military has been so fascinated by us is that they have watched the extraterrestrial involvement with us. And it was curious. They normally, the agencies normally disrupt UFO type groups, ET type groups, UFO groups, and they, they disrupt them all the time. That's why there aren't any really big ones. And what happened, and this is going back way to the beginning, the typical means of doing that is they send somebody in as a volunteer to a group that's starting to grow and starting to gain attention. And one or two people, normally one person is enough. But anyway, they send someone in as a volunteer. And the volunteer 
does a lot of good stuff. And the group says, this is wonderful. We're getting real good. And they start depending on that person. And then that person triggers dissent, argumentation, problems within the group. And then it becomes so frustrating. The members just say, I'm not doing this. I'm, this is not what I signed up for. And they just start leaving and the group ends up disbanding. So that's sort of the normal way it happens. And um, But we're, we've been solidly protected. I, I can't go through the details of how protected we are, but some of the things have been jaw-dropping. And I personally have been very, very grateful <laughs> when I've yeah. seen some of the protection that actually happened. I'm not going to mention it, but there's been some personal things that have happened that it was like, whoa, thank you guys. That was <laughs> That's they, amazing. Yeah, it was a we had some amazing things happen that I really can't go into, but nonetheless, so we're protected. But the military has also been very interested in, or the agencies have also been very interested in the direct extraterrestrial involvement in Farsight. David, what is this group? What's going on? Why is this happening? So we've had actually direct extraterrestrial contact over the years that they've been We've been working with the extraterrestrials since the beginning, and that was always very curious. Like, why did that happen? And that's why the agency was so worried and concerned, and that's why, in fact, that one person defected and came to us. And anyway, it was a. So but that's sort of the the background there. Yeah, thank you for that. And it's interesting. It's it's interesting, but not surprising that the ETs are supporting you guys, protecting you, working with you, whatever it looks like. Um, when you remote view, I, I know you've remote viewed underground bases, the domes, the tunnel network, off-planet stuff. Uh, there's this, there's this uh, misnomer, maybe, I don't know, that the, all the bad ETs have left, and I don't think that's the case. Have you, When you remote viewed, have you noticed a percentage change in the negative ETs on this planet? Is it? This is, this is really important for both of you to, and all your whole audience to understand. This is places being run as a prison, and the prison works on the basis of disinformation. It's a psychological prison. It could actually break with the disclosure process. The other side, the ET side that my group is associated with, we call them the free will ETs. The group that's a controlling is called the authoritarian ET. We call them the authoritarian ETs. And those, the, the, the authoritarian ETs control this planet. The solar system, the free will ETs have huge numbers of resources, including military resources in the planet, but they're sort of fanatical about this free will thing. They really want, they, they can't invade and knock out the bad ETs because it would be like you saying, Russia is sort of an authoritarian government. China may be an authoritarian government. You say, we can't invade those places. The populations of Russia and China would rise up and demand that they be saved by their own government, fight back. So the authoritarian ETs really have this place only if the population sort of rises up with the disclosure process and says, now we see what's been going on. We want to switch. We want those guys to help us then then the uh, the free will ets can actually intervene well to answer your question to control the population you have to control what they think that's why the secrecy agenda has been so heavily enforced the agreements that have been made between the governments and the, what we call the bad ets are written and from the free will ets perspective that's a free will choice the agreements are getting a bit old and they know they need to be updated. If they're going to meet them and if they sign new agreements, the free will ETs are simply going to go. So how do you maintain secrecy on the planet? Well, you see, we're, we're chipping away at that. 
we can actually prove to you that the extraterrestrials exist, that type of thing. That, that type of secrecy is breaking down. But the weak, the weak, weak link of the entire process is the new age community. The new age community is the community that is the most open to the ideas of extraterrestrial contact and stuff like that. It is absolutely crucial that they not become a hub for the distribution of information that's real that goes into the disclosure process. So they had to be corrupted. The new age community has a huge number of incredibly wonderful people that like to do channeling. And what has happened is the authoritarian ETs have said, hey, sounds good to me. Mm -hmm. And what they do, those, these, these channels are, are really channeling real ETs. They're really doing what they think, and they think they're trying to help humanity. They're doing it with the best intentions, the best purposes, but the stuff they're getting is not from the free will ETs. The stuff they're getting is from the controlling ETs, and they're being sent all types of garbage. Hey, if you know this planet is almost ready, humanity's almost ready for you to become a galactic citizen, a few more steps, and we'll have disclosure 2025, 2030. It's getting there. You're almost all that's bunk. It's all that's junk. And then the recent story that's been coming out is that we got rid of all the bad ETs. We got rid of the reptilians. We got rid of the greys. Oh, and by the way, they stink. They have bad breath. All types of bad things, you know, and they uh, and they say, we got rid of them, but it's all gone. Nobody's gone. And if you say, well, prove it. Okay, I will prove it to you. Do you mind? Can we take out your camera? And can we point it at this guy? And I'll show you exactly how to take their pictures. And they're right above your head in enormous numbers. Anytime, any day, any 10-minute period. I can prove it to you. And right. so the whole idea that they have gone, that's part of the disinformation. They want to dumb down the new age community because the new age community could be a source of rising up. Look, and you say, look, why would they really be concerned about the new age community? The, the agencies have been concerned about the new age community forever. Why do you think they disrupt so many UFO groups? Why do you think no UFO groups can organize. Why do you think a group like the National Rifle Association can organize itself without any problems and become super powerful as a as a as a as a as a force? A teachers unions. Why can they organize themselves? Why can any normal group? Why can UFOs, which the government is now accepting are real, why can groups that are interested in UFOs not organize themselves? Ever figured that out? Why can that happen? It's clear why it can happen because they're being disrupted all the time. So if the government was not concerned about the new age yeah. community, why would they be disrupting them? That's a real serious entry point for the disclosure process. Then they had to dumb it down, dumb it down, dumb it down. So what you're getting is garbage throughout almost all the channels. I'm not blaming the channels. Those people are great people. It's like they have a car and they, they're, they're giving themselves open like a car and they park at the car and the doors are open, the windows are open and the key is in the car. And they say, good people use it for what you want. And a good ETs will come by and use it. Well, who's gonna steal your car? The good guys are the bad guys. The good guys are going to say, hey, look, they left the door open and the windows open. I guess what should we do? It's just not sealed. They're not going to steal your car. The bad guys are going to look at the car and say, the stupid jerks. Look, they left the window open. The keys in the car. My God, we're going to go. The bad guys are going to steal your car. So the channels have been duped. Nobody's left. All the bad guys, the bad ETs are still here in full force. And they're trying to get the government to sign agreements one more time. 
and I, I, I do know for a fact, I, I can't prove this to you, but I have been told, and I know it for a fact, the free will ETs really are fanatical supporters of this free will thing. <laughs> you, you can't convince them otherwise. They said, no, we're not going to go down that route. We're not going to go down to trying to force people what to do. They will leave if the agreements are signed one more time. So the whole war is not about guns. It's not about ships. All of the ships are armed to their teeth. That's not what it's about. The whole war is about the heads of people, of humanity. It's about the minds of people. That's what the whole war is about. And the bad ETs, the authoritarian ETs, they are doing everything they possibly can do to dumb it down, to stop it from happening. And that's what my side is up against. And we're trying, we have a new strategy for how to do it. Well, by the way, you you notice me saying things like we, yeah. There's there's been a change. I've never we we haven't spoken openly about it until recently about the ET contact with Farsight. But um, it, it's disclosure has gotten to the point now that it was going to come out anyway, and we had to say if we don't talk about it openly now, our opponents are going to define us in the public's mind, and we would rather be the first ones to talk about it. So anyway, go. Yeah. Well, uh, let me just say thank you first of all for saying all that. I couldn't agree more. Um, especially with the channelers and all that stuff. Now, now that doesn't mean that aren't channelers out there possibly getting good information, but the, uh, there is a large number, which we've noticed, we've experienced, um, that the information just doesn't sit well, doesn't resonate, doesn't make sense. If the, I mean, if what they're saying is true, the planet would look like a completely different place right now. And yeah. I mean, you can just look at the chemtrails as an example or whatever you want to look at as an example. Nothing has actually changed. Now, there is things going on behind the scenes. Like you said, there's been a split in the military, um, possibly even in the governments and even the agencies. I'm sure there are people fighting for the truth and the true disclosure. Um, so I understand that there is, if you want to call them white hats, there is there are people who are defecting and they're wanting to contribute and be a part of this because you know it's time we're at this precipice right now it's over like something has to change they're talking about it on the news they're probably planning for something who knows what their agenda is next um doesn't mean some of the bad guys haven't been cleaned up maybe maybe not but for the most part i really i really think that um we're still in the middle of this fight it's not quite over yet uh, at one point i believed in all that stuff and i really did think you know the cleanup was happening i do think it's happening but uh, it's not as black and white as we think, and things change in the fog of war. It changes daily, changes by the minute, by the second. And I appreciate what you're doing, and thank you for sharing all that, because I think it's really crucial that our audience and everybody understands that it's not that simple. Yeah, let me say that there are three places that you can get. I've said a lot of stuff, and it would be normal for your audience to say, what? <laughs> Show me what you've got. So let me just sort of go to those three places. We have a, an institute, Farsight Institute's website, which is farsight.org, F-A-R-S-I-G-H-T, like seeingfar.org. And that's our main website. On that website, the fourth link down from the top of the nav bar is a link for the, the written instructions for how to video record UFOs any time of the day with your own camera and how to edit them. And then we also have our streaming service. We can't rely on other sources like YouTube. YouTube's wonderful. I love YouTube. We're YouTube partners. But with the amount of pressure that 
Google and YouTube are, are put under. We can't really count on that. So we have our own streaming service, which is equivalent to Hulu, Netflix, um, and quality in terms of quality, uh, Disney, HBO, Max, things like that. And that's far, it's run by, it's hosted by Vimeo. And the quality is absolutely first rate. And that's where we have all of our major projects. So the organization of the projects is actually nice to get on farsight.org, but our actual streaming service where we have all of these projects in, in uh, full high def is uh, farsightprime.com. Farsight, F-A-R-S-I-G-H-T, then prime, all one word, P-R-I-M-E.com. And at Farsight Prime, you also have apps. So we're really ready for big time. The apps, people like to watch things on their phone or to use their phone to project onto their flat panel TV. So all of the remote viewing stuff, plus instructional stuff on, on remote viewing, plus videos on how to take the video, how to take the videos of, of, of UFOs, all of that is on farsightprime.com. And for those people, and believe me, um, Tyler and Aaron, for those people who say, mm, it's still a little hard to buy, hard, hard to believe, I say, okay, you got your phone. Go to Instagram. Go to my personal Instagram page, which is Courtney Brown Farsight. All one word. My name, Courtney Brown Farsight. And then look at the videos there. We put up these short videos. Instagram is really great for putting up short videos that are like, 30 seconds long and you can watch them on your phone. And if you want, if either one of you wants to log on to Instagram while we're doing the show, you can do that and share your screen and you can see them. You see some of the footage of the UFOs that we are capturing. And some of these are like right over my head in my house and like the all different shapes. You see the configurations, you see them swooping down. Uh, you have sort of everything. Um, so, you know, it's it's sort of a, a, a big deal. If, if any one of you wants to uh, to do it on your computer and then put it onto the podcast while we're live, that would be perfectly okay. But anyway, um, the, the the basic idea is, you know, okay, you don't you don't trust anything I say. That's good. I'm not saying to trust me. I'm not saying you shouldn't be trusting anybody in this in this day and age of lying and disinformation. So go to this. Go to Courtney Brown Farsight. Start there. And look at some of the footage. And then you say, okay, then I tell you, then we'll tell you how to make your own footage. And then you say, okay, you got me this far. And then you say, you want to know the real history of humanity? All of our projects, they closely correspond with all the geological and all of the ar archaeological evidence that's out there. None of the mainstream series make any sense whatsoever. For example, let's look at the Great Pyramid of Giza. The well, mainstream um theories. Go ahead. Well, one second before we get into all that, and I, I do want to get into that. I just want to give Aaron a chance. Did you want to uh, comment or chime in on anything that we were just talking about as far as the channelers go or the negative ETs? Um, just because I know this is um, something we cover all the time, and I, I just want to expand on it a little more. Yeah, no, I mean, I'm basically, yeah, I agree with with everything you're saying. Um, I do know there's both there, but like you said, you guys are working with. The more positive ETs that respect free will, and obviously the negative do not respect free will. They just they want control and domination, and they're going to do what they're going to do, um, which is kind of how that works. So, like you said, that our planet has been usurped by the as you know the all the governments around the planet, all the institutions are um, sold out to them essentially because 
I mean, you have the same types of people and governments that crave power and control. What 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 do they align with? This the ETs that crave power and control. So, so of course they're gonna you know they're gonna work through governments and institutions to to do that. Um, so that's why to me it's almost less about disclosure, at least in the in the typical way we think about it. And to me, it's more about awakening and raising your consciousness because like you said it's a it's a psychological game it's it's a mental prison is the root of the prison we're in because the second enough people wake up and stop just believing what they're told by their governments by the media and start actually thinking for themselves and start living more from their heart and less from their their ego um and you know raising their consciousness enough so they don't get trapped so easily in these mental prisons it's game over you can't you can't control people like that so what so what is what do we see every day from society is just constant bombardment of keeping everybody dumbed down keeping everybody in fear keeping everybody fighting angry uh fearful sad all of these what is that all that's all low vibrational state that's all um, keeping everybody locked into a belief system. Um, you know, obviously we can get into the religious topic, but uh, it's all it's all keeping you at this low vibration and this low consciousness. So the second you go inward, you stop relying on everything external of you to uh, you stop uh, living by that. Basically, you say, I'm going to um go on my own journey i'm going to figure out who i am for myself i'm going to figure out what's true for myself it's game over you can't be controlled anymore and that doesn't mean you don't you know get off path no one's perfect but you you have your north star now of that whereas what so many people on the planet are basically lost and trying to find truth external from this matrix that we're in which you're never going to find because we live in the and a very controlled, like you were describing, matrix that's full of lies and deception to keep you under control for that express purpose. So, um, so yeah, it's it's a psychological game, basically. So that's why, to me, planting seeds and uh, doing things that will raise people's consciousness and get people questioning more. And and I love what you're saying. Uh, this the video that you can take you can literally prove to yourself that the ships are all over the place that ets are here that is so huge because what what are we taught to believe oh this stuff is all fake it's ets don't exist anyone who claims so is lying or crazy well you can literally prove it to yourself now super easily that they are real and they're here and they're, and they're everywhere um so basically once enough people realize that then it's up to them to prove it to themselves well now the now that changes the whole game because now no one has an excuse i mean no one already has an excuse but now no one really has an excuse to right. uh not believe that ets are real or that they're here and that there's life other than than just us going on and there's something there's a lot more going on than we're they're, we're being told and uh yeah, so that's that's super huge. Anyways, uh, 
No, I get it. You yeah. know, um, the last time that the authoritarian ETs had complete control of the planet was back in the ancient Egyptian days, the pyramid building days, where everybody was yeah. enslaved and they had, uh, they were all working with rock. <laughs> they talk about yeah. prison gang stuff. And the mainstream ideas of how the prison, the pyramids were actually built, those are simple. So, those are so ludicrous. It's hard to believe that anyone can that anyone can leave them. Joke. That, that, that people running around with loincloths and camels could have moved those eighty ton blocks into. They heard they had to cut them. Yeah. You can't even stick a human hair in between yeah. the blocks. They're so they're so finely cut, and they're eighty yeah. tons. And there's you know they had to be cut with very advanced technology and had to be moved with advanced technology we can't yeah. move those we cannot move those blocks today so how in the heck yeah, did they I, do I was i was just i was just in egypt by the way uh two months ago i saw it with my own eyes yeah you're sitting there looking at you're like there's no there's no way and we had the mainstream yeah. egyptologist telling us the mainstream narrative and then and then we had uh carrie cassidy and maria wheatley Coming out after after him saying, "All right, here's what we here's what's really going on here, <laughs> or what we think is really going on." So yeah, you, I was like looking at it with my own eyes, saying like it's clearly BS what they're what they're teaching us. Yeah, and they have megalithic structures that have blocks that are bigger than those. I mean, like way bigger than those, and just as finely cut and elsewhere. And so it's like our work with remote viewing closely corresponds with the facts on the ground with the archaeological evidence with the size of the blocks with everything and we also have um, scientific stuff that you can now see on youtube for technologies that use similar types of things that that could you know geared up uh, could could do things like moving those blocks so we've we're at the point of being able to understand the technologies of how those were done. So we may be able to understand, technologically speaking, how the ships, for example, the ET ships can fly without propulsion systems that we commonly use like rockets. But you can actually see some demonstrations on YouTube of very sort of primitive people, uh, primitive uh, scientific sort of uh, things cobbled together that do work and they they work off of you know car batteries and things like that they can get things to fly using magnetic forces um that is 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 probably exactly the type of propulsion system that's used you have to gear that up to the point where the 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 ET ships are using it on their level but nonetheless we can understand the basic principles of how that stuff is working but the the idea has been since the very beginning that if the bad ETs control everything, this place is dust. It's just like the, the ancient Egyptians. And what happened was there was a military confrontation back in those days, which one group came in and said, hey, we don't like what you're doing. And they knocked the authoritarian ETs off the top of the mountain. So they couldn't run the place as overtly as they did, but they didn't leave, but they had to start working behind the scenes. The result has been, and there's actually another military confrontation that happened about a thousand years after that. But nonetheless, what happened was that the human civilizations started to have greater flexibility, greater freedom to develop sort of as it normally would. And then you started to have technology coming into, you had the industrial age, technology, things started to get a little bit better. 
but the 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 authoritarian ETs are not stupid. They want to control the planet, and they know the weakness of the free will ETs. Meaning they laugh at it, but they know the weakness, which is if they don't get if the, if the free will ETs don't get a free will decision that they want their help, they're not going to give their help. They're going to leave. No. So mm. what's been going on is that the the authoritarian ETs know that they can't push things too hard, or the free will ETs can and would in, involve themselves. So yeah. that's why the idea of getting these agreements that Chaim Ashed has talked about. Uh, having those signs so that the free will ETs would say we're sort of stuck. Now, what has happened is that the authoritarian ETs basically have the authorities in their pocket. Political authorities, a lot of scientific, a lot of military authorities, not all, not all, but a lot of them are in the pocket of the authoritarian ETs who are offering some help with uh, technology transfer, things like that, especially weaponization stuff. Nothing that would threaten the authoritarian ETs, but from uh, uh, from the perspective of humans, it seems like good trinkets. So they they like that. The free will ETs won't help with the weaponization of stuff. They don't want to. They don't want to weaponize humanity <laughs> at that rate. But if the free will ETs go, the authoritarian ETs can knock out all the weaponization stuff immediately. The military, the U.S. military, would be back to dust in a matter of half an hour. They're, they're, the authoritarian ETs are not worried about containing the militaries of the United States government or any other government. So what you have is a situation where it sort of looks like there's some, like what you were saying, freedom of choice to discover yourself and to believe yourself. The reality is the only reason you can even think those things is because the free will ETs basically have a gun to the head of the authoritarian ETs and don't let the authoritarian ETs too heavily control you. So that's so they, they control you only by the way the way you're able to think. That's why all of this information war is going on. That's why the disclosure process is so important. That's why secrecy has been such a high-ranking thing. That's why the U.S. government, even the presidents of the United States have not been told everything. That's why secrecy is such a high agenda, because they have to control the minds of people, including the minds of military people and politicians and media people. That's why it's so hard to get anything to come out in the press. And then they want to take the new age community and dumb that down so that it looks fruity, it looks nutty, that the mainstream people would just laugh at it. They want to keep that boxed in because they're the people who are actually asking interesting questions. So it's an information war because the free will ETs are militarily more superior in this solar system, not across the whole galaxy, but in this solar system, the free will ETs have amassed a huge amount of a huge amount of resources and the authoritarian ETs know that they have to play off the vulnerabilities of the free will ETs, which is that fanatical attachment to free will. And, it, but in all truth, the free will ETs, they're, they're my side. So I'm talking about my people, my side, they're stuck because they can't invade. They can't just invade because if they, if they flew into the United States and tried to kick the bad guys out, what would happen? The they would the government would immediately say, "Oh my gosh, there's an alien invasion," and they would say, "We have to defend ourselves from the free will ETs." So the the, the government the government would sort of trigger panic, 
within the populace and the populace would see the free will ETs as the enemy. So there's no possible way that the free will ETs could simply invade. The only thing that can happen is that they have to get the, the, the populace to revolt. Mm -hmm. Now, the free will ETs have won the hearts and the minds of the people. That's why you see all these movies coming out and the books. And that's why you have like your podcast. And yes, that's why you had the Matrix movies, Star Wars movies, Star Trek movies. It goes on, Stargate movie, on and on, all this stuff. This is information that's being fed into the screenwriters, for example, in Hollywood, where they wake up in the morning and they say, I got this great idea for a new episode or a new show. And then they go, now it's free will. The free will ETs can introduce the idea in the middle of the night. So the guys or girls, they think of it when they, when I say guys, I mean men and women. So that the guys, when they wake up in the morning, they say, I got this great idea for a show. But the guys have to accept the idea by themselves. So the free, free will ETs can introduce the idea, but they can't manipulate you. Now, the authoritarian ETs have no problems with manipulating people, especially mm -hmm. governmental leaders to do all types yeah. of crazy things and media people. So, but the issue is that if media people really wake up and governmental leaders really wake up and say, no, I want free will on this thing, I want to choose, then the authoritarian ETs can do nothing. Why? Because the free will ETs have a gun to their head. Oh. In, the, in the galaxy, the authoritarian ETs have big sections of the galaxy that they control. The free will ETs have big sections. It's basically a standoff. But right now, at this very moment, the free will ETs have pushed a huge amount of resources into the solar system. So there's, there's some limitations on what the authoritarian ETs can do. But disclosure is the key. Without it, my side loses. Exactly. So, yeah, I agree. Disclosure, I mean, it all has to come out. It's coming out inevitably. Um, it's to a place now where it's you're not stopping it. But I want to talk about you talked about um, the authoritarian ETs and the free will ETs having um, having uh, what am I trying to say territory? Uh, whatever, I can't think of the word I'm looking for. Yes, that, territory. Yeah, anyway, territory in our galaxy. So what about the secret space programs, as far as our military and, and who else they're working with? Um, developing these space programs in the 40s and 50s. Have you remote viewed? I know you have, but you've remote viewed into those programs. And we have breakaway civilizations on other planets. And what does that look like? What, I mean, most of the really happening, you know? Most of the secret space program type of stuff is in coordination with the authoritarian ETs. That's that's where that sort of is coming from because they're the ones who are giving the who are giving the help with some of the technology to move the ships. I'm telling you, my side, the free will ETs, we've been shut out. We don't have access to 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 military resources, governmental resources, pol politicians, media. Well, media we have some because of you know the Hollywood stuff. I'm telling you, we do we absolutely demand free will. And the manipulative side, the authoritarian ETs, are very free with dismissing free will. And they they manipulate They don't people. care about it at all. And the secret space program fits right into that. Some elements of the military would say, hey, well, yeah, sure, we'd love to have stuff like that. We could have some ships and stuff like that that could do stuff and we can protect ourselves. Now, um, there are probably... I don't know of this, but there are probably elements 
I'm, I'm certain about this that there, but I don't know. I'm certain about it on a personal level, but I have to tell you what I don't, I don't know for a fact, but I suspect that there are elements within the military that are involved with the secret space program that are very much oriented towards the, the belief system and the ideology of the free will ETs. The military is not monolithic. It's not homogeneous with regard to their thinking process. The, it's very split. The Navy, for example, very much wants to be involved with the space with uh, with this the outer space space force. So, if you look at Star Wars and stuff like that, they have admirals. They have they use all the normal naval nomenclature for uh, things like that you see in like Star Trek. So yeah, so the, and the Navy desperately wants to be involved in that. So I'm sure that the Navy has strong elements within what we would probably call the secret space force. No, I've not been told about that. And we haven't done remote viewing specifically on the secret space program, except with one, except for one uh, case, which was the case of Tony Rodriguez, who had some uh, instances described in his book as a member of the secret space program. And that we did do a full project on those. And in fact, those instances did happen. So, you know, so the speaker secret space program is probably something that both sides are, are working with. Trust me, there is the, the military has really good people on all branches that want the free will ETs. They want to align themselves with the free will ETs, but the military is split. It's really split. You have people that are government. You have you have generals and admirals that are aligned with the more authoritarian ETs, and you have them saying things like, "Well, you know, these these ETs are they're just people like everybody, and they have to they have to find their own place in the universe, and they're willing to help us out in certain things, and relationships form and." So technology transfer, nothing that would threaten the authoritarian ETs, but nonetheless, there's technology transfer. We did one project on Area 51, for example. Area 51 has got a few buildings on top, but underneath is many, 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 many layers. And it wasn't until the Obama administration that they even that the government even acknowledged that Area 51 existed. But in the first few lower levels, you get humans working. And that's where Bob Lazar used to work. So that's where they're, you know, humans working on reverse engineering ET craft. But if you go further down, there's elevators. If you go further down, you get to the ET bases. And that's where, for example, one ET species that is a very much oriented in the authoritarian side is the reptilians. So people are saying, where are these reptilians? Well, that's one place that they actually are. They actually have in underground bases all over the place, but that's one place in specific that for sure they have a huge uh, Lego down there of reptilians that, that, that actually work down there. They don't mind working underground. Um, underground is sort of normal for them. And actually where I came from before, I was courting a human being on Earth. I was, and I was very much used to working underground as well, not as a reptilian, but as a, as a different type of person. But that's a that's a no holder. That's a whole that's a, a whole nother story, which we're now starting to tell because we have to now the disclosure process is sort of kicking up, and the government's acknowledging that the ships are real, and we can teach people how to take pictures of the ships, video recordings of the ships. Now that that's sort of happening. We really we had we made the decision at Farsight to talk 
more openly about ourselves, our backgrounds, and the help that we have been getting from yeah. our side of the ETs. Because if we don't do it now, somebody else is going to define us. And so it was tricky. If we had done it 20 years ago or 15 years ago, people would have just said we're nutcases and written us off, and it wouldn't have helped the stuff. But we've We've taken the time to build our projects, to revise the entire history of humanity so people can see what's actually happened to them. And now the disclosure process is literally around the corner. So we had to act in telling people about ourselves before our opponents, before our opponents try to, uh, to define us in the public realm. So, so I have a question about remote viewing. Uh, and I learned this from William Tompkins' testimony. He talked about government facilities, underground bases, having some sort of psychic defense system against remote viewers. They they knew when people were trying to remote view their top secret areas. Is that true? Yeah. The ETs? That the ETs know? Or, or just, I don't know, our military, the shadow government, do they have some sort of defense system or some sort of psychics working with them that know when people are trying to remote view their facilities? They can, they're not great at that, but they, humans can do it, but it's not, they're not good at that. There's a reason why they're not good at that. But the ETs themselves are good at that. That's a normal thing for ETs to be able to tell when someone's remote viewing. But humans typically can't tell. And there's some psychics who say, no, I can tell, I can tell. But, you know, the, the reality is the way this prison system is set up, it dumbs down the psychic abilities so that it's really hard to do it. Now, some people can do it naturally and they can do it and the military may have, but they don't really have a, the military definitely does not have a way to block it. Uh, from block they even the ETs can't block us. We so get in anywhere. So you so you can get into anywhere you want. You haven't experienced any sort of like weird uh, thing. Like I don't know. I've heard remote viewers explain trying to uh, remote view like Area Fifty One. Let's just say for an example. Yeah, that's and, a good. And and somebody was on to them, and they actually started getting like psychically attacked attacked um, or yeah. blocked and stuff like or have that. you experienced anything like that or your team um absolutely um in area 51 that's a good example there are attempts to block us all the time uh the ets all the the bad ets especially the good the good ets don't block us but the bad ets they block us or try to block us all the time but we have ways of getting around that 100% of the time. So, and they know they can't, they can't block us. So when we show up, they know that they know all about us and they know when Farsight shows up. And we have some members like Yemi Jeanne, who is really talented as a telepath. And she may have been a reptilian in a former life. Anyway, she rattles, she, she, she rattles them, the reptilians especially really badly. But they can't get past this. And there's a reason. You know, you should never take anything I say at face value, like I'm telling you the truth is how it is, without me giving you a reason for why it happens. There are ways that to block remote viewing. Absolutely, there's ways to block remote viewing. In normal targets that don't have any blocking, we don't have any problems. But when we go after the hostile ETs, the other side, they always try to block us. 
The reason we are not blocked is because we have anti-blocking procedures. And let me explain what those anti-blocking procedures are so that you, it's not like we're geniuses and we do, we, we jump around and do a somersault and say a magic word and sometime we can get in. We go through somebody else, meaning we have another, we have um, among our side, we have a representative that we would call them, just call it a representative, but somebody working on our side who has the ability to get through the blocking. It can be technologically enhanced. They have ways. I mean, their ships can fly over 20,000 miles an hour. They have ways to do everything. Everything that you can possibly imagine can be done. So they have technological and other ways to get through any blocking that's done. We ride through them as like a carrier wave. So what we do is we end, we go through their minds into, <laughs> into the place that where it's blocking. And we do that whenever we're blocked and we get blocked all the time. And we wait for the blocking to happen. And then when the blocking happens, we turn it on and then we go through somebody else and then we get through. And then the ETs are very clear, the bad ones, that they're rattled and they know they can't stop us from anything. I've, we've had situations uh, we recorded them on video. <laughs> We've had situation for Yemi Jene, for example, was uh, was going into some underground places where there were some reptilians. And there was one guy that was assigned, a reptilian guy that was assigned to stop her. And she was just, she's like, she just laughs at them. <laughs> she know they can't stop her. And she just says, look, you're going to tell me what I want to know. I'm going to get it from you anyway. Imagine, imagine somebody like Root, or Samin and person of interest, the two ladies that are super badass, that you know, no one can tell them anything. They're gonna get what they want no matter what. That's Yemi Jene. So she's face to face with Reptilian and she just looks like him like looks at him like he's yesterday's bread. You know, <laughs> she right, says, right. You're gonna you're gonna give me what I want or am I gonna take it? Right. And they know they can stop her. Well, the reason they can't stop her is because we got we got backup. We're, she's going in through somebody else. So none, of the, none of the blocking stuff will work. We've had situations where the guy that's trying to block her goes from room to room, hallway to hallway, as she's going through to the place where she needs to get to, you know, and sort of trying to convince her, don't go any further. And then we had a situation where the guy says, look, 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 this, finally, we do not want you to go through this wall and to see what's in the other room, because we think it would really hurt you. It would, trust me, it would hurt you. You would not like to see. Now, it wouldn't be that it would be like hurt them because if something would malfunction. It would be, they knew that they were doing something on the other side of the wall and they said it point blank. You, if you saw what was going on, you will be affected by it. It's not good. We don't, we want to protect you from that. We're not hiding that is bad, but please don't go through it because we don't want you to be that affected. Traumatized. Traumatized, yeah. And then Yeme just looks at her and looks at him and says, mm. and in that particular instance, she said, I got enough. And she left <laughs> because right. he sort of, he confessed that they were doing something in that room that was so bad that it would traumatize her. Yeah. So the, right. the, the issue is, is there blocking? Absolutely. Okay. So Tyler, yes. Aaron, yes, there's blocking, but we can get through it. Is it because we're superhumans? No, we're not superhumans. We have help. Right. And the help gets us through it. Think of it as a carrier wave, like a shortwave carrier wave. We sort of ride in through somebody else. And if we weren't getting that help, we would be blocked too. Sure. Um, so I'm, I'm sure there's lots of people remote viewing that 
on their own that get blocked all the time, but they, yeah. they're not using the help that you guys are using. Right. Well, it's not, it's not like we're exploiting it or using it. It was offered. They're on our okay. side. They're on, it was offered. They're on our side. They're our people. We know them and they, they're helping in the process. And we're being very open with it now. We're telling you we are on that side. There are two basic sides of the ETs. There's that side and there's this side. We're on this side. And our side helps us and has helped us from the very beginning. Like when those ETs, when they, when we were being attacked in the late 1990s, we actually had a physical ET show up nightly, almost every night for a solid year to get us through oh, wow. all that. They, he told us absolutely everything that was going on, what each person was doing, what radio people were doing, what government people were doing. Everybody was, everybody, he told us the whole thing and told us step-by-step step what to do. If you think of it, it's a little bit like Root on Person of Interest, where she had a little bug in the, she had a little earphone in the ear and the machine, which was an AI, was telling her what to do. And she didn't understand the whole process, but she knew the guy, the AI said, go left, go right, do this, do that. That was sort of the way we were back in the 19, in the late 1990s, we were being told after one year that that thing stopped because we had other ways to communicate with our side. But for one year, they didn't mess around. They actually sent a physical being and we had one year and then it, that stopped completely after a year. We don't need that anymore. Whenever you're remote viewing these underground facilities, how far down do you go? Have you gotten any information about inner earth civilizations? We we go, oh, there's no like hollow earth type of thing, but they have lots of levels down there. And we go down until we have a nice story, until we've gotten this much. Like, for example, with the reptilians below Area 51, we didn't go down to the bottom as levels. But we went down to the levels where we were running into the reptilians and they were doing everything they possibly could to stop us from going further. That was enough of a story. We knew, we knew sure. at that point who they were and that they were doing stuff they didn't want us to see. That was a story we needed to tell. We, told, we figured out how far we had to go down before that actually occurred. And we were, that was, that was what we needed to know. We really, we have been in many other situations, gone into situations where we saw what the reptilians were doing. So we didn't need to repeat that, but um, we go down far enough until we get the information that we need. I mean, there's only, there's only so far down, you want to go down the rabbit hole. <laughs> Eventually you, ha you have what you want and then you just say, okay, you know, you can go back if you need to. Right. I mean, we have over 50 major projects. We had to redefine absolutely every, we had to tell people who Zeus really was. He wasn't like a Greek God, a mythical God that people just sort of dreamed up. He was a real ET that was flying around, not in chariots, but he was flying around in ships. And he was a very fundamental serial rapist. And he was a, he was a guy that should be imprisoned. He was a serial rapist who, he was a warden. He was a prison warden at the time. And he did bad stuff. We know who Ra was. We know how the, how the whole, we know all the major archeological stuff that you need to know about. We've got that nicely organized on our website, farsight.org. We've got all the projects and the navigation menu nicely grouped so that you can say, which of the archeological, which ones deal with religion, which ones deal with government politics, which one deal with ETs, the wars that the ETs have had we've gone into that how mars became a desert planet uh you know what happened to iapetus what happened to the planet that used to be called maldek that is where the asteroid belt is right now it was a whole planet that was blown up mm -hmm. so uh, you know it's uh 
we've done we've we've recreated the entire history that and if we didn't do it it wasn't going to happen and we needed a few decades to put that all together by the way one last thing i want to say well not one i'm never i'm a professor so there's never a last thing my mouth is always open but but one thing i want to say, to say is that um uh all of these projects that we've done were designed from the very beginning to fill in that gap of humanity. And we knew that they would not be valuable to humanity until now. That's why all of that stuff had to be done before. Remember, you can introduce yourself to people only once. So all of the stuff that we've done for decades, putting it up on our website, getting the streaming service ready, getting everything ready to go, it was all in preparation for this moment. That's beautiful. Uh, I mean, that's a perfect example. Amazing. I mean, even like things, something like what we're doing, you know, when we started, we had no idea the magnitude of what we were actually creating. We didn't expect it. We had no expectations, but now we've created this library that people can go back, you know, and it's, it's there, it's done. Now, now we're at this point where um, exactly like you, you put in the work you've done, obviously we've been at this far longer than we have, but you put in the work and now people have a database. Now there's a database that people can go and research and look into and at least start connecting dots and help fill in the void, fill in the blanks. Like you said. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, it's, it's a, it's a big deal because we were trying to establish that this type of thing is real that remote perception is real and the telepathic communication is real because that's the way everybody in the galaxy works do you think they're listening to the radio transmissions in order to spy to people <laughs> they have means of communicating telepathically and remote perception that's technologically enhanced they don't have to deal with you know the type of technology stuff limitations that that we deal with and we had to be able to explain to people that this telepathy and remote perception stuff it's real this is literally how the ets themselves work and so we had to use that type of technology mind you we're all humans at farsight we were born as humans we were raised as humans we had to live as normal human bodies this is a prison so we had to come in as prisoners, we had to come in as people that are living in this prison. We couldn't like just fly in and say, hey, guys, just listen to us. The ship has landed. That wasn't going to work. We right. had to actually come in as people on the ground. But the only thing that's different is that um, we have not been, our, our memories have not been affected. So we remember where we came from. My son and I, for example, um, this is this is part of our story. My son and I were part of a group before we came here, and um, the plan was uh, to create this farsight thing as one element, many elements. There's many people doing a lot of things on the free will side, but our part of the plan was to create farsight and this legacy of projects. And then to tr help trigger the disclosure movement by saying, hey, you know, these ETs are real. We can prove it to you now. Got a camera? <laughs> and so when we got to this stage, I was supposed to come first. So I came first. And then my son came afterwards. There was a lot of communication between my son and myself before he actually appeared. <laughs> and... Uh, 
Yeah, I had a great time raising him. Before this, he was probably my best friend. He was he, he and I were good friends. I don't know if he was my best friend. We were good friends. He might have been my best friend. And we were really friends. And we had done many things together. And but this was the project. And we were he he was really excited to do this. I there was a meeting, for example, and I was sort of presenting the information about this plan to create the Farsight part of the whole project. And he got really excited about it and wanted to be involved. But I had to come first, then he had to come second. And then uh, other you, people at Farsight were, you know, here as well. You mentioned in your ET background video that yeah. your, your son actually, before he came, was he had to explain to you the negative presence, the negative ET presence on the planet. At that time, you didn't understand it. Or can you go into that yeah. a little more? I remember we had to... We weren't we weren't fast tracked in recovering all of our memories. Our memories were not rattled. Were not were not we were not. Nothing was a nothing happened to us to prevent us from remembering things. In other parts of the galaxy, um, not only are you you're not interfered with remembering things, but the people around you uh, when you have a, when you're born again as a baby, they are supportive of that. And you, they know who you are and so on. You don't lose your stuff. You don't lose your house. You don't lose your family. You don't lose your friends. You don't lose your bank account. Here you lose everything and the vultures come in and take everything. So um, my son, uh, both he, well, actually, let me stop. Let me, uh, Tyler, refocus your question again. So I, I want to make sure I address it. I don't want to go off on a tangent. <laughs> yeah. So apparently you were unaware of the negative ET presence. Oh, yeah, yeah. Your son. So, yeah, your so I, I had to recover my memories all at once. The, in other cases where someone's fast-tracked on that, you have to have somebody come in from the outside, meet you, and say, hey, we got to wake you up fast. So they have to talk it through you. Yeah, you, you have access to all your memories, but it's like anything else, you have to, you have to, get those act you have to get access to them you have to you have like if you're trying to remember how to do something and you don't remember exactly how to do something you have to scratch your head and say what was it i did what i had to remember and it may take you even a couple of days to try to remember something so when we came down uh we had we basically started out as babies and we had to recover our memories but nothing was done to us to stop that from happening so with my case, the memories I had to get back normally, I knew I knew for the very beginning, as soon as I was aware of anything, that I was from someplace else. I knew I was normally living underground. I had this fanatical need to make holes on the ground, big holes. I mean, the, the local authorities used to have to come in with bulldozers to cover up my holes because they were afraid some kid would fall into them. You know, I had to make underground laboratories and things. I had this fanatical need at the very youngest age to build flying saucers. I never was supposed to be in space. I was supposed to be either underground or in space, but this idea of running around here is what? And so um, I, I won't go into any of all those stories, but there's a lot of funny stories about what I tried to do to refix all that. And when I was growing up as a child, I at night, when I was like eight, nine years old, or way before that, actually, but I clearly remember an eight, nine years old, there would be ATs that would visit me at night. And there'd be two that, you know, the grays or the wraparound eyes, I had two on my right and two on my left at night while I was sleeping. This isn't something I had to drag up through hypnosis or memory recall or uh, QHHD. This, I just 
they were there. I saw them. They were in, they were two on one side and two on the other. And they were not threatening. They were friendly. They were taking care of me. I was happy to have them. So, I mean, that went through like forever. <laughs> and then when I, when I, but I, I was still had this huge need to try to understand the extraterrestrial president. And I was still having to sort through all of the secrecy in in the media and the government, I was still trying to, what is this all of, I knew it was wrong, but I had to piece it all together. And I didn't have like somebody sort of knock on my door and say, okay, we're going to straighten this out. I had to, they wanted me to go through all that process as well. So I ended up doing the remote viewing stuff. Long story on that one. I won't go into it now, but I ended up doing the remote viewing stuff and I had clear instructions given to me, very clear verbal instructions given to me. Um, on what to do, when to do, how to start it, who to contact. It was absolutely unambiguous. Um, they were telepathic, but they were really clear. They were as clear and as loud in my head as my voice is in your head right now when you're hearing me on the speakers. So there's, I, I've had, I've been, that, that level of telepathic communication has been nonstop throughout my whole life. Anyway, when I started the beginning of this stuff, um, I wrote Cosmic Voyage and I was writing just when disease was in his mother's stomach. That's when she was pregnant. And he used to visit us. That's how we found out what his name was. He would visit. I would be in meditation sometimes five hours a day, uh, often less two and a half hours a day, but nothing less than that. And he would sit there. He was pretty fierce. <laughs> he would have his hands like this and he'd look at us. He'd about he would look at me, he'd be about 10 feet inside our meditation room, about 10 feet in front of me, looking like this, sort of saying, so these are the parents I'm going to be working with. They don't know, they don't know squat. They don't know what's going on. Anyway, so um, in one of those times, I mean, and I could see it and uh, his mom could see him as well. So we, and we both, she, she was a heavy meditator. We could both see exactly what, where he was standing and, uh, what he was wearing and so on. And um, then uh, one time when I was meditating by myself, he sort of entered my head. And I said, oh, okay. And who are you? And then he said, clear as day, I am Aziz. Oh, so that's your name. Is that your name? Like, yes, I am Aziz. And then I started to go off a little bit into this, how it's going to be so interesting working with my ET projects that I'm working on. If you read Cosmic Voyage, my first book, which is now available from my personal website, CourtneyBrown.com, it's a free PDF. That was a bestseller in its day. And um, you can see how goofy happy I was about how goofy happy I was about investigating all the extraterrestrials and stuff. And I thought that the only real thing that had to happen is humanity had to be woken up. I, I, I didn't, I didn't fully remember all of the, the bad parts, the struggles. And, um, and then after he said his, his name, and I started to mention a little bit about the ETs, he blew up and he was in my mind. Imagine going into a closet with no clothes in it, just an empty closet with a racket and a ping pong ball and smacking that ping pong ball as hard as you can. <laughs> And the and the things rattling around that was him in my head. You don't you can imagine every profanity lace thing going off in my head. You you don't you stupid jerk you don't know any I'm I'm making it sort of sanitized now for the purpose of the podcast. But you stupid jerk you don't remember anything. This is so crazy. What do you? This is nothing. You don't remember what you're here for. Do you don't remember these guys are not good guys. The whole thing about the bad ETs and I finally I had to sort of uh, 
come to grips. And I said, look, we'll talk about it later when you get a little older. But right now you're coming in as my son. You got to be good. <laughs> okay. He sort of forced himself in. He sort of forced himself to hold himself. But then he came and then, and we went through the process. He was really driven just like me and uh, to recover all of his memories. So he actually recovered all of his memories more quickly than I did. But he was absolutely driven. And in the process of doing all of our studies, we finally pieced it all together. Okay, we were helped. We were helped in terms of the ETs that we were actually communicating with, sometimes physically there, uh, to make sure we didn't skip a beat. But we, we got all of our memories back together. And uh, after a couple, a few decades of doing these projects and uh, open communication. So, uh, you know, I don't want to say that we did it all by ourselves. I, I must admit, you know, we were we were helped all the way along the line, but it wasn't it wasn't something that was uh, manipulated or bad. Uh, they were my side, my people. And that was the agreement we had that they would work with me until we were ready. And the whole thing was to get Farsight ready to do its part. Farsight isn't going to be the thing that creates the entire disclosure process. We're just one part of a huge thing that's got a ton of resources in the solar system to try to make this happen. By the way, we had tried this before and it didn't work. We tried it a bunch of times. We tried it before by starting up a lot of religions. Every major religions on the planet was originally started by ETs messing with things. And what they were trying to do is they were trying to instill some good ideas that would percolate through the society over a few hundred years and eventually change it to be more open, peaceful, more like the free will ETs. Mm -hmm. Every single time it was corrupted. So, for example, we could talk about uh, Vedic society, which is pre-Hindu or Buddhism or any one of them. But let's take Christianity, for example. The basic message of Christianity was good. It was, hey, love is the en energy that drives the universe. And, you know, chill out with people. Be, forgive and forget and let things be. <laughs> it was totally corrupted. You had the, at that time, you had the Greek and the Roman gods. You had the elements that were still left over from Zeus and Ra and all that stuff, all the authoritarian sites and Hathor and all that stuff. They were real people. And this place, there was a, of all the places of the whole galaxy, if you want to call something hell, this planet is as close as you're going to get. And so they ran this place. And so what you basically had was you had to take these ideas and sort of insert them and let them go a couple hundred, a few hundred, hundred years and so on. But the, the, the authoritarian ETs, which are basically two types, reptilians on one side, but also what we call the Orions. The Orions look like you and I, they're humanoid, a human. They, they look just like you and I. If there was an Orion standing right next to us, we, they would look just like us. And then they're the reptilians. And they're, they're normally competitors, but they have a, they're allies of convenience right now on earth. And, um, they they perverted the whole Christianity thing, and suddenly you had all the Greek and Roman gods were they were dying, they were they were becoming obsolete. So they created the uh, the you know, the Catholic Church, which is that had a saint to be replacing each one of the gods. So the, each one of the gods they had a god for this and a god for that. Then you had a saint for this and a saint for that. And then you had this extreme hierarchy of control, of mental control, of belief. You had to believe this. You had to believe that. And if you don't believe this, you're going to die in hell. And then yeah. if you want eternal life, you must beg for it and something. Now, how can you perish and live eternity in hell if you have to beg to have eternal life? 
it's so contradictory. If you're going to live yeah. anyway, they're saying you're going to live in hell forever, or you have to, you're going to live in heaven forever. But then they say at the same time, you have to beg to have eternal life. So what do you mean? You, so the reality is it's, it's impossible to kill somebody. We call ourselves isbis, someone who is for the purpose of being. We don't use soul or spirit. So we are all isbis. So Tyler, you're an isbi. Aaron, you're an isbi. And the bodies are just biological machines. And when they die off, you still have the isbi self. So you You're can't kill you. somebody. Mm -hmm. Eternal life is given. It's granted. It doesn't happen by somebody giving it to you. It's already there. You cannot kill somebody. However, you can trick an isbi and you can capture an isbi. You can deceive an isbi. You can do all types of, you can put the isbi into slavery. You can do all types of stuff, but you can't kill the isbi. Right. So, uh, you know, right. so and so the whole religious stuff gets perverted. So what is different? I'm sorry, I'm talking so long, but I'll end this one. What is different now than in the past? In the past, we tried to do it over a few centuries. It didn't work. The authoritarian ETs corrupted it each and every time. The difference mm -hmm. now is we're trying to do it fast. That's what this game is about. That's why disclosure is so happened, is so important. Disclosure, if it works this time, it's going to be fast. And the is that the authoritarian ETs won't be able to control it. That's the difference. We're trying to make disclosure happen fast. And that's the experiment. It's never been done exactly like this before. We don't really know how it's going to turn out. But that's what the game plan is. To trigger disclosure for happening, make it happen fast, and then the population of it to rise up, demand help from the free will ETs, and the free will ETs then say, it's a free will decision, here we are. And they have overwhelming presence in the solar system to be able to pull this off. Right. But that's, the, that's, what's, that's what's going on right now. Yeah, you're essentially forcing their hand. And yeah, yeah it's, it's time. And it's the Roswell ET, if that interview's real, um, they referred to themselves or he or it referred to itself as an isby as well. Um, mm -hmm. Whenever it was, that's the first time I had heard of the isby. And I think it described it as what is and always will be same, very similar to what you described. Uh, so I, I love that description. Um, but just for the sake of time, is there any anything that you'd like to share before we start wrapping things up? Well, you guys have been really great. There's no end to the amount of stuff I can talk about. I remember I'm a professor, so I was right. born with my I was born with my mouth open. <laughs> so I'm going to leave it up to you. You can always invite me back. Uh, we can actually talk at some point about uh, different projects. So that yeah. you can say, what about this project? What about that project? Right now, we've been doing sort of an overview of everything. So, um, but you know, uh, for those people who are skeptical, and that's okay to be skeptical. Uh, Courtney Brown Farsight on Instagram. Take a look at some of the videos. I'll put some. Of the, I'll put some of the pictures and videos up uh, when I edit this. And yeah, that's super. They'll yeah, be on, they'll be on screen uh, as you're mentioning them, at at least at certain points. So um, we'll make sure to do that for the audience. But um, yeah, yeah I okay. love. You can get really good copies of them if you go uh, get them from the web. Instagram on the web. Okay. And then you get bigger and just do a screen share. But you know how to do all that. Not screen share, but a screen record. Right. Um, yeah, I, I love the idea of uh, future episodes where we break down some of the projects that you remote viewed. Uh, I know each one could be an episode in itself. There's so 
there's so much information. So uh, potentially we can do that. But for now, we're going to go ahead and wrap it up. Uh, thank you so much for sharing everything. I think we covered really important stuff today, or you did in particular. And thank you for sharing all that information. And we appreciate everything you're doing, guys. Go check out the Farsight Institute and go check out his books and go buy one of those cameras and take some pictures yourself. <laughs> and and remember, of- the, the instructions for how to do all the camera stuff is on the farsight.org website and the nav bar on the fourth thing down. Right. Perfect. Awesome. And we'll put all the information we can in the video description. How much and- How much are one of those cameras? Just... Well, you know, in, in, in ancient days, like 10 years ago, uh, you're talking tens of thousands of dollars. But right now, the uh, the Panasonic Lumix GH6 can be gotten for about $1,500, $1,600. But then you have to you have to, add a, you have to add a lens to that. So that's a thousand. And then you oh, have okay. to, then there's a sort of you have to get it converted to a full spectrum camera. And that's a few hundred dollars more. And then you a have a few to, thousand yeah, you're you're talking. You're, it's going to be under five thousand, but it's it's going to be over. It's probably going to be from three to four, something somewhere between there, depending on that. And then you have to have a computer that can edit it. So you have to have a a regular laptop. Uh, probably is going to have some trouble running Premiere at 120 frames a second, so four K. So either a good laptop or a, or a desktop that can handle that that can handle video editing but i go through all of that what's necessary again with this all of this stuff wouldn't be necessary if the ets weren't trying to hide themselves it's not like right. it's not like they don't know what they're doing they mm-hmm. are overtly trying to hide themselves and yeah. the free the free will ets my side is trying to stop that to let you see them we're trying to unbra- break, we're trying to break, that break all the, down. the illusion yeah the illusion uh false matrix that we're in they have to keep it going they can't yeah they can't now, reveal the the behind the curtain the the real stuff yeah now some of the every once in a while you'll see something like some ships that you can actually see phoenix lights and stuff like that um, those are generally speaking the free will ETs that are actually trying to let you see them, but there's limits to what we can do in this in this in this on the planet. This is not our planet. This is this planet is fundamentally controlled by the bad guys. We're trying to free yeah. everybody on the planet, so we can't yeah. really just come in in massive numbers and do what we want to do. We've got to trigger disclosure from below. And then the human leaders will switch sides in a second. You know how politicians are. Yeah. <laughs> just um, on the can I sneak wagon. one last? Can I sneak one last question? And what do you think about Project Bluebeam or the fake hologram that everyone's worried? About? Not everyone, but a lot of people are worried they're gonna they're gonna do fake holograms in the sky of a fake alien invasion or real ships that are attacking, but it's fake and staged. The, the um, so-called. The you guys so-called... remote viewed any of that, or do you do? You, what's your opinion on all that? No, you mean the Project Bluebeam type of thing? Yeah, yeah, that's actually one strategy that the authoritarian types are considering. So that's so the authoritarian types and the human collaborators that work with them. That's one option that they're doing. The free will ETs, my side, don't want to have anything to do with that. But that is one thing. You see, that's the thing. I told you that my side can't just come in and show up in their ships. Because then there'd be a military response from below. And the people would be saying, help, free us. Those guys are attacking. So right. you'd, be, you'd, be, you'd be afraid of the good guys. So we know we can't do that. So 
that's what Project Bluebeam is all about. The bad guys know that that's a vulnerability. So the whole idea of Project Bluebeam is to stage a fake invasion because they know the free will guys aren't going to do that. I guarantee you the free will guys are not going to do that because we know what would happen. And yeah. in a worst in a worst case scenario, the, the bad guys would just ditch the planet, kill everybody, because they'd be able to they'd be able to keep able the ISBs. They 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 have ways to capture the ISBs. So they'd be able to keep the ISBs and dying and destroying the planet. It would be a way of saying, so you want to mess with us? This is what's gonna happen. You want to mess with us? We'll dust everything. And then that would send a shockwave through the whole free will section of the galaxy. Oh my gosh, they blew up the whole planet. That's like using nuclear weapons in a war in Asia or, or Europe. They're saying, you know, everyone's afraid that that might happen. So in the Ukraine war, for example, the United States and the Europeans are delicately dancing around the idea of not wanting to push Russia too hard, too fast for fear that they might be feeling that they have Italian. to use a tactical yeah they might use a tactical nuke well if you do that with the bad ets you could get you know okay we'll show you you think we're afraid of you boom they could just right. they could destroy the whole planet and to them they would be getting something out of it they could they could capture all the usbs and they could also send a shockwave through the entire free will section of the galaxy you mess with us we the planet so you see there's that element. So the the Project Bluebeam is really a very viable strategy in the context of people trying to, the authoritarian ETs trying to maintain control using their human collaborators. But I guarantee you the free will ETs are not going to participate in anything like that because we know exactly what that would do and that's exactly what we're trying to avoid. What do you think the likelihood of them pulling that off is? It's one, it's one option, and we don't know how this is going to, no, neither side has made a decision on this, that we don't know how it's going to turn out. We honestly don't know how this, we knew, we've tried other methods to free the planet, they didn't work. We don't know how this is going to turn out, but we know this is the point, this is the crunch time. We're going to find out. We're going to find out now. What is the options? It's one option that the authoritarian types and their human collaborators have in front of them, and they may try it. We don't really know, but the, the, what we're trying to do is to trigger disclosure fast enough so that that becomes obsolete. That becomes a, an yeah. idea that won't help. Yeah, they can't pull right. it off because right. everyone's going to be privy to it. Um, yeah. Thank you, for, yeah. thank you for that honest answer. Um, we because we don't know. I, I love that it, it's there's no certain timeline. We it's really impossible to know exactly right. how it's going to play out. But and there seems but there seems to be a lot of people in the community that are certain. They're like certain it's going to happen. And really soon, and I'm like, I don't think anyone knows what's well, going to happen. Certain, no, certain, I don't, I don't honestly, honestly, we don't know. Right. Certain influencers, right, right. It, certain influencers speak like, with such um, confidence about things and people trust and give their power away to other influencers. So right. when they when they do that and they trust their sources, they're very adamant now. Well, this person is not going to lie to me. I believe them. They're FBI or whatever. So. Like people are confident that it's going to happen based on the people they're listening to. But at the end of the day, like you said, it's it's a whole it's an information war. We don't know the people that are promoting that timeline or talking about that. Who are they really working for or who's you know talking in their head and their dreams and giving Where's, these ideas? Yeah. Right. Where is that information really coming from? 
there's a lot of deception and a lot of compartmentalization. A lot of people that think 100% think they have the truth are being told the truth, but that's a lot of times not the case. Right. So never, ever just believe something because you hear someone say, it, even if it's uh -uh. someone in some kind of some kind of level of authority, because there's so much disinformation and, and the timeline, you know, we just don't know what the future is going to bring because I, I, I have I have told you the logic behind why the free will ETs would never participate in that. So I've told you mm -hmm. in a way that I'm not saying trust me, believe me. I've just right. explained I just explained the logic of why that's not something that the free will ETs want because right. that's ex that's exactly what we're trying to avoid. We would never we would never do something like that because we know the response would be bad. No, that would be the negative side. It would always would, be that negative. Be so back. that's yeah. the only the only thing we're trying to do is to get is to trigger a revolution from below, to get the people mm -hmm. to demand a disclosure. And you see, it's having some effect. The government is trying to play catch up as fast as it can. You have the press conferences coming out with NASA and others, um, one after the other. It seems like almost every week goes by now, and something major is happening, and a major stories coming out in the major news media. So. It's happening. Is it going to happen fast enough so that the project Bluebeam will not be tried? It's going to be a good question. This is right. war, folks. Right. Right. War. Yeah, right. Exactly. Um, one quick question because I really wanted to ask it and I just saw it on my notes. Um, you can answer it as briefly as you'd like. Have you ever remote viewed other dimensions? Or how do you know that you're not remote viewing another dimension sometime or a possible another timeline? Is that something that you consider? Question. We have done a huge amount of work on that. So uh, the basic question you're asking is, what other dimensions exist? What we have found is that remote viewing works across time and space. And complete, that's a whole science, if you, that's a whole science show, if you want me to go into that. But that's not maybe for today, but the short answer I'll give you now, but if you want the whole science show, which is how it actually works, it's a fascinating story. But but basically, all all things exist simultaneously: the past, the present, and the future. And there's an infinite number of timelines, both past, present, and the future. And there's a reason why that you select out one or the other. We've done experiments where experiments. That, we had one article that was designed specifically to test for this. If you go to our website uh, for the Institute, farsight.org, and go all the way down to the bottom, you'll see a little icon down there, a little graphic down there saying the latest published peer-reviewed research. Click on that and you'll see a paper that came out in a journal, a Journal of Scientific Exploration. And that exerts that exact question of these multiple timelines, and they all happen simultaneously. Traditional physics says that's impossible, but uh, it clearly is possible. What you need, and I can talk about this on another show if you invite me back, is the generalization of quantum mechanics. Because everything that happens in remote viewing happens in the quantum realm. But physicists have this line of decoherence where it's like everything that happens in Vegas stays in Vegas and everything that happens outside of Vegas is they keep them separate. So they have a set of rules for the quantum realm and a set of rules for the macro realm. And they say nothing, you know, keep them separate. But that's bonkers. Everything that's macro is built on the micro. 
So, right. uh, so uh, you know, that just does, that's a it's sort of a monstrosity of a theoretical sort of thing. Sure. Anyway, so um, currently, I've heard best estimates are about 20%, 22% of mainstream physicists have bought into the other way of thinking. And that was started by Hugh Everett in the 19, late 1950s uh, with regard to what the world's theory, which is what you're talking about in terms of other dimensions. He was widely ridiculed and laughed at in his day, but that's another long story, but it was an interesting story. And then, uh, but now about 20, 22, 23% of mainstream physicists have finally accepted this is what is real. So we're waiting for the other physicists, the 80, 78% to retire and die off, generational replacement. That's yeah, really, that's, I think that's re yeah. That's what we're waiting for. So the, the process of reforming that so that there are ways that the present, past, and future can all simultaneously exist with all the different timelines, but it cannot be done with traditional understandings of physics. You have to, you have, to have a generalization of quantum mechanics in order to make that all work. Right. I think the term is stay out of the way of the dinosaurs while they crash. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah, it's just interesting to me. I didn't know if you've ever experienced or encountered that. Have you intentionally remote viewed another dimension or timeline? Or have you remote viewed what you thought was this timeline or this dimension? And maybe it was maybe if you were to go there physically, it wouldn't be there because it exists in another dimension. I don't know. That's the I think about that. The the, the scientific paper that we did to demonstrate the reality of that question is the one I referred to on our website, farsight.org, all the way down to the bottom. There's a little graphic that says latest peer reviewed research. Click on that. And you'll see the PDF of the article that literally addresses that exact question. And then once you accept the, how they, how this, how this works, then yes, then there are realities. There are realities where the Germans won uh, in the European theater, world war, world war two. And then there is there, you know, I mean, where there were so-called uh, brown shirts marching down Fifth Avenue. So they they have they have realities of everything that you. It's basically it's impossible to think about something that didn't exist in some way, shape, or form. Right. Or that doesn't exist. And the past, present, and future all exist simultaneously. It's not going into when you remove you. You're not going to like a library to look something up. You're actually yeah. going to the past and you're actually mm -hmm. watching it in real time. Right. Yeah. And that means that the past has to exist. And that means when you go back to the past, you become part of the past. Your remote viewing presence, your and the and if and and since ETs or most ETs, not all ETs, can see you when you're remote viewing, if you go back in the past, they see you. <laughs> and so and there are limited but certain human psychics that could probably see you as well but it's right the the ability to do that is vastly in my opinion is vastly overplayed and in, in this planet this planet is this planet is designed to limit that capability that's an and that's another whole story that's related to our project called the death traps people get processed when they're coming here actually when they try to get out to uh make that type of perceptual awareness almost impossible right so yeah mm -hmm. well that's another that's another whole story 
Yeah, I mean, it's all fascinating. Thank you for answering that. Um, guys, sorry for the false ending about 20 minutes ago, or whatever it was. <laughs> um, but no, great Same. questions. I'm glad we covered it. And we're, we'll definitely have you back. There's so many things we can get into. And I love the way your mind works. And I love what you guys are doing. So uh, we appreciate that. But we're going to go ahead and wrap this up. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. Thank you. We love you all. Thanks for your support. Um, the conference replay, if you missed the conference, is still available on the website, journeytotruthcon.com. And if you want to come hang out with Aaron and I in Aztec, New Mexico, August 25th through the 28th, we will have our Experiencer Lounge at the Sunfire Festival, hosted by Jen and Brian Berryhill, who we've had on the show before. And those tickets are available at sunfirefest.com. The early bird tickets are only $144, very cheap for a three-day event. So uh, take advantage of the early bird. If you want to come hang out with us, it's going to be a lot of fun. Um, thank you guys all once again. Thank you, Courtney. This has been a pleasure. Until next time, have a great evening, everybody. Good night. Good night, everybody. Thanks, Tyler and Aaron. Good night.